thank you for your presence that is here with us. Thank you for the testimonies that surround us. Thank you for thy greatness over us. We give you glory and we thank you for a glorious service. We ask that you enlighten us, fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing, and bearing fruit unto every good work and increasing the knowledge of God. We ask that you open the eyes of our understanding that will know what's the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. We give you praise and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, please be seated. You're welcome to um, our first service. God bless everyone here. We appreciate you, uh, Pastor Emmanuel Ahaliga. God bless you so much. Let's appreciate the man of God. He came also with his wife. So, God bless you so much, one of God. So grateful. Hallelujah. What a blessing. So, uh, we, we continue with our series on 60 things that happens to believers who do not pray. 60 things that happens to believers who do not pray. It can also be titled 60 Effects of Prayerlessness. So I think we are in 30 something, right? We're in 34. So today is supposed to be 35. So if you haven't heard it, you have to catch up with our teachings on our podcast. Make sure if you are here, you should be able to subscribe to the podcast. You just download Anchor or Spotify or um, Google Podcast and just type Isaac Love Papo. You're going to have all our teachings. Currently, in our statistics, we realize we have over 32 countries that listen to our teachings. And it, it keeps growing by the day. It shouldn't be that outsiders are being blessed and maturing and growing. And those who are here would take what is going on here for granted. Praise God. So please make sure you get a teaching and trust that your life will never be the same. Hallelujah. Now, it's very important to understand the role and the place of prayer in our lives as children of God. Now, I've explained to you that the devil is not moved that you pray. He gets intimidated that you are getting consistent. Praise God. Because your consistency in prayer is a message to him. Amen? Because prayer is the secret strength of the believer. That's how, that's how you gain strength in God. You cannot serve God by your own terms and resources. As a child of God, you will need clarity from God. You will need direction from God. You will need protection from God. You will need to see the promises of God secured and guaranteed in your life. All these things are founded on prayer. Leonard Ravenhill said, what capital is to a businessman, prayer is to the Christian. And that's very striking. What capital is to the businessman, prayer is to the believer meaning that prayer is the believer's spiritual capital you spend out of your prayer so that tells us that 
if you don't have enough prayer in your life, you lack spiritual currency to do spiritual business in the spiritual world. Praise God. Now, we need to understand that thousand Ghana cities is money, right? But unfortunately, thousand Ghana cities cannot buy a Range Rover. Isn't that money? Thousand Ghana is money, right? But it can't buy a range. So, if you want to buy a range, it means you need more. Are you following what I'm saying? You need more money to be able to purchase that car. It's unfortunate that many Christians are trying to purchase things their money can't afford. There are many Christians who are trying to purchase things their prayer life can't afford. And I've seen people blame God, saying, God, you didn't show up when I needed you badly. And God is like, you didn't show up when I needed you badly. You know, it's great to know that it's a wonderful thing to be in God's presence. Right? It's good to be in God's presence. And every believer must desire to be in God's presence. But you'll be shocked to know that God desires that you be in his presence more than you desire to be in his presence. He longs for it. And we miss so much when we don't make prayer a very important foundation of our lives. Many are dried up. Many are lukewarm today. It all began with prayerlessness. One great saint said, all failure begins from prayerlessness. All failures, it begins from there. Because our victories begin when we stand before God. To draw from him to live our lives. Praise God. Another wonderful unknown Christian said, He who kneels before God can stand before anything. And that's striking. The devil knows that anytime you go before God, you go and fetch strength against him. That's like he opposes all kinds of prayer. So you see, if you don't have a consistent prayer life, you will need to fight to see it. You, you, you will need to you will need to fight to have a prayer life. It's a wrestle. Maintaining a consistent prayer life is war. It requires, you see, it, it, it doesn't just happen automatically that um, you want to have a prayer life and you just wake up. No, no, it's, it's war. The devil is going to hit you hard. You are doing something ordinary men don't do. He's going to hit you. He will use sleep to hit you. He'll use stress and tiredness to hurt you. He'll use phone calls to distract you. And many of times, we don't know what goes on in the spirit to hinder the life of prayer. And every child of God needs to fight to maintain a consistent prayer life. Because when you lose in prayer, you lose everywhere. On 35 
or the 35th thing that happens to believers who do not pray and this is very interesting you will be bombarded with fear panic and timidity in the face of adversity I think every child of God here should be able to put down some notes because you, you can't keep everything I'm going to teach you in your mind if you didn't come with a diary or notebook you can put it in your, on your phone or something you can go through when you go home so it can help you you will be bombarded with fear panic timidity in the face of adversity prayerful men are fearless men eventually the more time you spend in the presence of God the more boldness you earn in his presence I repeat the more time you spend in the presence of God, the more boldness you earn in his presence. There is some fortified boldness that enters you when you develop a life of prayer. You imagine you spend 30 minutes committing your day into the hands of God. Worshipping God, blessing him. And then you sat in a car and the driver had his brakes fail. The brakes has failed, but you just know you won't fail. You just know. Even if the car crashes, you just know you just know you are safe. That confidence is harvested from prayer. I'm telling you. Things don't easily shake you. I know what I'm saying. What causes fear and panic in the hearts of people doesn't cause fear and panic in your heart. I've heard people say that um, Akufuado has not done well and that he has made Ghana hard and tight. Well, I don't want to speak that language because I'm not funded by Ghanaian government. I have a heavenly budget. I spend from there. And you guys all know I'm a full-time pastor. I don't earn salary from anywhere. So my source is from above. And every child of God must start thinking this way. That your salary can't take care of you. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Other verses says the just shall live by his faith. So don't be limited. Listen, renew your mindset. No matter how tough economy is, you survive. You know why? Because we have a backing from above. Hallelujah. So nothing panics you. Because you see, you see, no matter how you complain, four prices will not come down. Even if it will come down, it will come down by some small uh, decimal points. 20 pesos. That's it. Because right now, that 11 cannot come back to 6. It's not 11 point what? 11.3. It can't come back to 6.2. It can't. So the more you talk about it, it won't change anything. The more you cry, it won't change. So what you need now is revelation, not complain. What is God's revelation for my economy in heaven? That's what you talk with. That's what you begin with. That's what you transact with. I know what I'm saying. And anytime you spend time with God, you speak with heaven. And guess what? Heaven is, is a whole nation on its own. Having their own resources. And they can channel part of their resources 
on earth to come to you. I know what I'm saying. Tell somebody, just pray. Just have a prayer life. It's the first thing you need. It's the first thing you need. Psalm 91 verse 5 tells us something very interesting. Now remember um, Psalm 91 verse 5. Remember Psalm 91 begins with he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall what? Shall what? Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, uh, there was a man that I know that when he's going to sleep, he calls Psalm 91 and sleeps. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He calls, 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 calls. He says, Thank you, Lord. Then he sleeps. You know, the devil is not afraid that you are holding the Bible, he's not afraid that you are quoting from the Bible. The word of God in a book is powerless. The word of God in the heart is powerful. So any revelation that has not convinced you won't convince the devil. Praise God. So after the verse 1 which says, He that dwelleth in the secret place, which is prayer. So you see, pr prayer must be a place you dwell. Huh? It must be a place you dwell. He says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Never quote this verse without considering the verse 1. He, it is he that dwelleth. It is not he that comes and goes. It is not he that visited. It is not he that comes monthly. It is not he that comes when there's crisis. He said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most I shall abide. Then he says, thou shalt not be afraid for the one terror by night, nor for the arrow that flyeth by day. This is good. I know. I know. Hallelujah. So you won't be afraid. The more time you spend speaking in tongues, you know what tongues does to you? It emboldens you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, give me the verse 1. He says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts rather than you may prophesy. Now look at the verse 2. For he that speaketh in what? An unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. But what? unto God for no man understandeth him how be it in the spirit he speaketh what mysteries now look at the verse 3 but he that prophesied prophesied what speaketh unto men to what edification exhortation and comfort now look at the verse 4 he that speaketh in an unknown tongue that's what edifies himself Now, the word edifying Greek is oikodomia. Now, that word means to embolden. It means to charge up yourself like a car battery. So, prayer is how we charge. Kandako. So, you wake up in the morning, we bless you, Lord. Rakopa shataka. In the spirit, is no, 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 no. 
you are getting ready to move your destiny. Connecting all destiny helpers together. You is tell someone, you know, you know, there are some of your car batteries slow. So the day you will need it, you do that is not going. Battery is low. The day you need it, you know, I found a verse in Psalm 32, verse 6. He says that for this reason, uh, he for this reason shall one that is godly pray unto thee in a word. This is striking. In a what? In a time when thou mayest be found. In a time when thou mayest be found. That means there will be a day where you cannot be able to make prayer to have instant results. Tell someone, charge. And keep charging. Hallelujah. It's good to blow in tongues too. Friday, I just sat down on the floor in my prayer room. Kata, kata, kata. Rapata, kata, kata. Lata, kapata. Six hours gone. On Monday, I was very tired. Normally, I'm supposed to rest on Mondays, but now I've stopped resting because I'm too young to be resting. So, on Monday, I used eight hours. Eight hours blowing in tongues. Blowing in tongues for eight hours. And when I was done, I still wanted to pray more. Where is this thing coming from? The guy is moving. The guy is working. It is solid. The engine is fresh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, this week I have a conference in the Volta region. Very massive conference. That Saturday also is a minister's conference. It's a huge program. And this dawn, when I slept, I had a dream that... a it's like a fetish woman who was in black attire came to me and said, what am I coming to do in their town? <laughs> she said, what am I coming to do in their town? I was happy. <laughs> because someone is concerned about my coming. And she squeezed her face. Ay! I can't wait to go. If it was you, <laughs> you cancel the program. There is a boldness that you have. I, I, I can't wait. I Kamoka. Hela Parash. Number 36. <laughs> I feel I feel the heat of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. I feel it. Hi. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, I was, I prayed for one lady that had a, a, a demonic headache on Thursday. So I was on a fast. And on Wednesday, I was told by one of the membership that came that this was, so I asked her what was wrong with her. And she said, she had a dream. After the dream, then the headache began. It's so severe that she can't rise up to walk. Can you imagine? So on phone, you see, when you pray, you, ha- you are bold. I, I know I'm, you are bold. In the dream, eh, there was nothing, eh, eh, talking to her on phone, there was nothing 
that ever made me think that she will not be healed. And I can't explain. There was nothing that ever came to mind that what if I pray for her and she's not healed? No, that it couldn't come. There are some doubts you hardly have when you develop a life of prayer. You only experience it when you, when you are where I am. I'm telling you. And I told her to pick up one sachet of water and I blessed it. I said, wash your entire face and head. She did it. I said immediately at the sound of my voice when I said run, run. When I said run, this lady who has not worked for almost four to five days, in fact, more than a week, started running. And she was crying on food. She said, I don't know where this thing is gone. It is gone. <laughs> now, this lady went to the hospital. They said there was nothing wrong. There are some things doctors can do. Spiritual doctors can. The Bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That means there are spiritual doctors who bring recovery to men. Are you following this thing? So her mom called. The mom was shocked because this is, she's seen her daughter. In fact, she traveled to come to the place to come and take care of her daughter. And the Lord told me, if this headache persisted for more than two weeks, she would have died. That's the coming year people say they had headache and they died. It was not normal headache, so. There are some headaches. In fact, I didn't tell you the vision I saw when I was praying for her. In the vision, I saw a demon put their hand on her head like this. <laughs> there was an impartation of headache. So the moment she watched it, the, the demon removed the hands. So you can imagine just a hand of a demon can cause headache. Just the hand. And some of these things are so real that as Christians, we can't joke with anything. You won't believe I was in a program this Friday and there was a lady that came. No, it was on the Thursday. Yeah. There was a lady, whilst I was ministering, she came to give an offering. And when she was coming, an old lady was following her. And she didn't see it. I was seeing the old lady. And the old lady was holding a basket full of Diamonds, uh, golds, and following the, 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 the lady like this. So I was watching. And this lady doesn't know that there's an old lady who has collected everything about the life inside that basket. Can you imagine? So I was watching her. And I said, do you see what I see? Boom! Then there was a manifestation. We sacked this old lady. We are expecting her to die this week anyway. Old lady, copy me, be that what? You know, sometimes when you get highly educated to a certain point, you, you feel that some things are not real. Let's continue. The verse 36. I, I said 30, the verse 36. Uh, number 36. <laughs> the 36 thing that happens to you when you don't pray. Your spiritual health will be under serious attack. 
your spiritual health will be under serious attack and thus affecting your growth in Christ. Your spiritual health will be under serious attack thus affecting your growth in Christ. You know, prayerlessness is actually a spiritual health crisis. You will have a spiritual health problem when you are prayerless. No doubt about that. So, you, your health as a child of God, your spiritual health will be under serious attack that's affecting your growth in Christ because it is only healthy things that grow. So, the fact that you are a believer in Christ does not mean you are growing in Christ. It is your health that determines your growth. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, remember, if you've been here for some time, I've been teaching you that there are three essentials of growth that every child of God must know. You may, you may trivialize these things, but you pay for it. These three essentials are the only essentials that guarantee growth in the life of every human being and every child of God. Number one, we grow by eating. Number two, we grow by breathing. Number three, we grow by exercise. These are the three essentials. Number one, we grow by eating. Number two, we grow by breathing. Number three, we grow by exercise. These are the three essentials of growth. Without this, no one will ever grow. And surprisingly, you cannot substitute one for the other. You, you cannot choose to breathe and not eat. And you cannot choose to eat and not exercise. In fact, people who are eating and breathing without exercising are paying for it today. They are paying for it dearly today. So we grow by eating, breathing, and exercising. Likewise, it is same with our spiritual growth. We grow by eating, we grow by breathing, we grow by exercising. Now, what is eating? Matthew 4, 4, the Bible says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, the, the word of God is compared to bread. So, the word of God is spiritual food for the believer. In 1 Peter 2, the verse 2, he says, um, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God that ye may grow thereby. So the word of God is spiritual food. So studying your Bible is actually feeding. When you open your Bible to study, when you are listening to a teaching, you are being fed. You are eating. So what food does to the human body, the word of God does to your spirit. Are you following this thing? So you know, you know the, the, the choice of food you eat really matters, right? Now, you should also understand that what you hear on the news is also food. What you read on social media is food. The movies you watch is food. So, you are always eating. We need to find out what you are eating because there are some things we don't swallow. When you eat chicken, uh, have you realized that, uh, how many of you have eaten um, um, cow, uh, um, pork? Do you realize you take... <laughs> You take the pork, the fleshy part, and you leave the bone. Yeah. You need to understand, it is not everything we swallow. There are some we eat, there are some we bring out. That's how you must treat life as a child of God. You don't swallow everything. So the word of God is food. That's what you eat, you swallow. So if, if there's something like protein in foods, 
carbohydrate in food. What again? Iron in food, huh? What? Vitamins. Is, is there magnesium or something? We have a dietitian here, cooks. Can I have some more? Calcium, fat, and oil. And what? Iodine. So these are all in the food that we eat. So you cannot be eating only kabo because you're not KK kabobo. It must be balanced. Well, it depends on your pocket anyway. <laughs> if the pocket is dry, you eat what's available and what you can afford. But that's just by the way. So, all these new trends help in the development of what? The body. Likewise, in every revelation in God's word, it's a new trend. So, they all, they all have a role they play in your spiritual development. I get in this thing. So we grow by eating. That's the word of God. Number two, we grow by breathing. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, do you ever cease to breathe? No. And I've said that more than a hundred times in this church. What breath is to the natural man Prayer is to the spiritual man. So prayer is breathing. So as we said, there are three essentials of growth. And breathing is one of them. And if prayer is breathing, and breathing is an essential of growth, any child of God who does not have a prayer life is not growing. You know why? Because you are suffocating. I came to notice something. That when a man loses his breath, there are three processes that begins. Number one is inactivity. You can't move. Number two is death. Number three is decay. Now, you'll be shocked that that is what is happening to many Christians today. When you stop praying, what happens to you is that you become, number one, spiritually inactive. That's why demons can play with you like that. You become spiritually what? Inactive. Number two, you, you kill your spiritual life. But that death is not a spiritual death of separating from God, but separation from God's will and purposes for your life. You can kill it. And number three, decay. Your life rots. It affects everything. You take bad decisions. You get easily depressed. All kinds of things happen to you when you're not spiritually healthy. Are you following what I'm teaching? So we need to understand that prayerlessness or not praying as a child of God is how you affect your spiritual health. Now, how many know these two things? A thermometer and then um, a thermostat. Alright, so many of you don't know it. Okay, so let me teach you. A thermometer is to measure the temperature in a place, right? A thermostat regulates the temperature of a thing. Are you following that? So, an example of a thermostat is that thing in the iron that makes you make it hot, right? 
You bring it back again when it's getting hot. That's called a thermostat. A thermometer is what the doctors have been using to, to measure your temperature. Are you getting that? Now, prayer is both a thermostat and a thermometer. If you want to measure how healthy you are or the temperature of your spiritual coldness and hotness, check it in your prayer life. In other words, if you don't pray, you are cold. Meaning, if you don't pray, guess what? Are you ready for it? You are sick. You are spiritually sick. So prayer is how you measure your spiritual condition as a child of God. So as I speak to you now, you should be able to measure your spiritual condition. If you have not prayed for one man consistently. That's what is happening to your spiritual health. You, so you, you, can measure, you can measure your spiritual health here on earth before you get to heaven. Praise God. You know, on this earth, eh, there is something called unfairness. Okay? So for example, you work very hard and you know that you have worked very hard. In the day of rewards, they honored and rewarded people who, who didn't work hard and they left you. You see, it's very painful. When you know you have worked hard, in heaven, <laughs> there's nothing like, Jesus, you didn't treat me fairly. By the time you appear in eternity, you know your reward. Do you, in fact, do you know what scripture says? He says, let judge yourself so that you will not be judged. In other words, every child of God by day should be able to judge his status. Judge his labor. You should judge yourself every single time. So prayer measures spiritual temperature of a believer. Number two, so under that we come to the thermostat. What does he do? He does what? It regulates. That means if you measured your prayer temperature or your spiritual health temperature and it was not good, you can regulate it. That same prayer can regulate it. So if you realize that it's cold, you can make it hot again. How? By prayer. So prayer is how you measure your health and regulate your health as a child of God. I'm teaching with you. Number 37. Compromising a lot of things in respect to Christian faith and conduct becomes easier. The 37 thing that happens to believers who do not pray. Compromising a lot of things in respect to Christian faith and conduct becomes easier. Compromising a lot of things in respect to Christian faith and conduct becomes easier. Now what am I saying? What I'm saying is that you, you actually take for granted vital truths and commands from God. When you are prayerless as a child of God, you soon begins to take you soon begin to take vital truths for granted as well as commands from God. 
You will know the Bible tells us that let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth. But yet you still use corrupt words. You easily compromise. Because listen, the word of God flourishes in the heart that prays. Am I helping you? Number 38. The 38th thing that happens to believers who do not pray. Bible study will be dry and without the fullness, influence, and power of the Spirit of God. Bible study will be dry and without the fullness, influence, and power of God's Spirit. Bible study will be what? dry and without the fullness, influence and power of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever taken your Bible to read and three minutes along the line you started dozing until saliva came from your mouth and fell on the Bible? You anointed the Bible with saliva. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Have you ever taken the Bible and then you, you don't know where to read? Then you're like, hey, this thing is big old. <laughs> uh, yeah, and thy carcass shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air and the beasts of the earth. And no man shall free them away. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, so that's how you do your Bible study. So, you, so that's your devotion. Your carcass shall be... <laughs> Bible study dry. Everything dry. So you don't even know what to read. It happens when you are first of all prayerless. So there was, a, there was a Christian that did the same thing. He said, Father, give me a word for today. Give me a word for today. He opened it like that. And the first thing he saw was, and Judas hung himself. <laughs> he said, no, this cannot be your word for me, Lord. He closed it. He opened it again. He read, so go do likewise. <laughs> he said, no, it can't be the word of God. He closed it, opened it, put his hand there. The first thing he saw was, he that and hear, let him hear what the spirit says. He closed for the last time. He put his hand there. He said, To obey is better than sacrifice. Now, now, if you're that child of God, you should end up murdering yourself. So when you treat Bible study like that, you should know that you are heading towards danger. Praise God. Now we need to understand that the Bible must be read. It must be studied. It must be meditated upon. And it must be memorized. And guess what? How do you accomplish all these things? It is done in the help and power and influence and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. Because you cannot navigate this Bible without the influence of the Holy Spirit. You'll just be reading letters. And anytime you spend time in God's presence, he breathes on you. 
Remember what Jesus did to the disciples? He breathed on them and the Bible says their eyes were opened and they, they knew him and he departed from their sight. When you spend time in his presence, he breathes on you and guess what happens? He opens your eyes to see. So no one, Apostle Paul prayed. He says, ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for one another, I do not cease to make mention of you in prayers. That the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what's the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints according to the riches of his glorious power which was wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead far above principalities and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but in that which is to come. So he prayed revelation. So revelation is birthed out of prayer. Praise God. So, revelation becomes the response of communication. You can write that down. Revelation becomes the response of communication. What I mean by that is that revelation is harvested when communication with God is sown. Revelation is harvested when communication with God is sown. So, when you sow communication to God in prayer, you harvest revelation. Am I helping someone here? So quickly, let's go to 39. The 39 thing that happens to believers who do not pray. Now, you will see little dosages of God's power and miracles in your life and ministry. You will see little dosages of God's power and miracles in your life and ministry. Hmm. Oh, thank you, Lord. You will see little dosages of God's power and miracles in your life and ministry. What I'm saying is that you will not see much accomplished in your life. I'm telling you, any child of God who does not prioritize prayer, any child of God who does not develop a prayer life will not see much happen in his life. Are you following this? Now, it may seem as though, you see, most of you, what you are measuring today as success is actually poverty before God. Why am I saying that? There are many Christians today who think once they have a car, they are good to go. Once they've built a house, they are good to go. Listen, what God has for you is beyond a house and a car. There are some of you, God's plan for you, eh? It's not just for you to own a house, but to share houses. So, his plan is not for you to be under a roof of your own house. He wants you to roof others and shelter them. And you are comfortable and relaxed because you have already built a house. So, to you, you are celebrating success and God is embarrassed at your shame. So, many Christians have mediocre thinking. In life, all you need is a car and a good place to stay. And a wife. And two children. A boy and a girl. And two businesses running. 
So now, so you have a car, you have a house, you have two children, you have a wife, uh-huh, two, two businesses running. When you die, someone will come and marry your wife, live in your house. You didn't get all these things I'm teaching. <laughs> live in your house, drive in your car, and you'll be watching from heaven. <laughs> so if that is your entire purpose, you failed. Now, the Bible says a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. Listen. There is more in God than you think. So that thing you are thinking, let me finish school. Let me get a job at least. I'll start with a thousand. So when the angel is coming to drop the idea and he, he sees that you are thinking of thousand Ghana, he says, hey, Let me find somebody else today. Yeah, yeah. So you are not thinking that, oh, okay, I, I should be able to. Uh, Lord, bless this man so that I can be able to sponsor people. You know, that's my prayer, and God is answering me. I love to, I want, I love to, I want to sponsor people. I want to pay school fees. I want to, I want to pay for surgeries. I want to build houses, put people there. That's what I want to do. To help in the expansion of the kingdom of God. Imagine you have built a house and you are hosting people in the church in it. No, imagine you buy a bus for a church to pick up souls in them. Imagine that you help the work of God flourish. There is nothing more fulfilling than seeing the expansion of God's kingdom. And if you're not kingdom minded, you will not understand why God places certain things into your hands. Now, this is a phone. If I don't know the function of this phone, I may abuse it. The first time my son touched this thing, when he was quite younger, he didn't know the function. He thought it was a chobi, so he was using to hit the this thing. Co, 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 co. And he would have destroyed something that was not, not, not meant to be hit on the ground. And that's what happens when we don't know our purpose. Dr. Miles Marone of Blessed Memory says, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. Oh Lord, bless this young man and let me punish poverty for your people. Bless this young man so that the tears of many will be wiped away. Bless this young man all of my, my sons was having a conversation with me telling me that their venue for um, rent is almost expired. But he had a very serious challenge. So he was, he was just telling me. He was just telling me about it. And as he told me, I just told him it is well. I was in prayer. That was on Friday. I had a check I had to go and cash that came as a gift. And I had the Lord say, sow that seed into his life. 
Now, I was going to put it in my account because people have chopped my money. So, ah, so I said, let me, let me just save something. Let me add something to the account to make my account nice. Because it cannot be zero, zero for a long time. The loss is going so in. So I finished the program on Friday. I called him. He met me. I gave him the check. He was broken into pieces. Now I can imagine when, when your, your, your venue, our venue is almost up now. And I was thinking of someone's venue. Helping someone to pay for his venue. Now, five years from now, do you think I'll, I'll ever be the same? I can't. It's not possible. It was a very good check. I could have used it for something else. But I sponsored Kingdom Project. And that, you see, that's what God wants Christians to think. So, all the things you are trusting God for, don't let it be that person that wants to accomplish something for yourself so your family members will say you have done well. You must accomplish something for God so that Jesus who said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yeah. Mm. Because the last time I checked, mm, God did not call us to be successful. He called us to be faithful. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? God never called us to be successful. Because success can bring a certain lack of satisfaction in you that still wants you to make more. And that can lead into greed. It can lead to cutting corners. It can lead to compromise. But guess what? He called us to be faithful. Faithful. Thou good and faithful servant. He's not going to say thou rich and great man. Thou good and faithful servant. And listen to me. If you're a child of God who does not have a prayer life, God will just do little with you. You know why? Because, he, he, you know, can you give jollof rice to a one-month-old baby? You kill the child. The child can swallow it. He can take it. So you give the child milk. You give the child what he can take. God does not always give you what you want. He gives you what you can carry. And some of you are crying for things your capacity can handle. And if God gives it to you, you will backslide. When he gives it to you, this is how you walk. How are you? So God says, "Oh, me show tear." When I look at you, hold on. You know what happens is that when you keep praying, you are enlarging. You are opening a circuit, a portal where heaven can flow in excess. Now, even at this state, when you are even praying, that 30 minutes prayer you pray, all that 30 minutes prayer is about you, yourself, your family, and you. Meanwhile, when I checked, in the model of the Lord's Prayer, you see, the Lord's Prayer is not prayer. Did you hear what I said? The Lord's Prayer is not prayer. The Lord's Prayer, which we call the Lord's Prayer, is a model prayer. That means it's a pattern we can follow if we want to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, that's an acknowledgement of God. Hallowed be your name, praises to God. So in prayer, you must acknowledge God as Father. That's why I said, Father. 
hallow be thy name. That means before you ever ask God for anything, you must hallow his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. That means the third pattern of prayer is kingdom matters. That means so winning. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers. Kingdom matters. Thy kingdom come. God wants his kingdom to influence the earth. So the third parting of your prayer when you begin praying is pray kingdom prayers. Pray for all pregnant women. Pray for prostitutes. If you come to my prayer room, you think it's a shrine. Because I have fetish priest pictures there. I have um, um, uh, prostitutes pictures there. Porn stars pictures there, but not their nakedness, okay? <laughs> Drug addicts, their pictures are there. Gamblers, their pictures are there. So anytime I look at it, I release and supply the spirit to them. I have all the 197 countries pasted there. So I pray for them one after the other. I have the world map placed on the floor. I lie on it and pray for nations. I have a prayer charade. It's a prayer game I pray. I, I used to play. So I have different prayer topics of people. People tell me their issues. I put it in a bowl. I sit down on the floor. I take it one after the other. I pray until I exhaust it. These are kingdom prayers. This is a man God will flow through. This is a man God can entrust the kingdom to. That's a man. And you can pattern your life after that. Never ask for needs when you have not met God's needs. And many don't know God has a need. Some say God is a very big God. The God who lacks nothing. You get it. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, the verse 4 and 5, it says God who wills that all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That means God has a will. All men are not saved. He wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 2, the verse 1 to 4, he says that I exhort thee first of all that prayers, thanksgiving, intercession and supplication be made for all men and for kings and for them that are in authority that they may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So God says we should pray for all men. That he added leaders. So whether the leaders are doing well or not, you pray for them. Occasionally I insult Akufuadu. But I pray for him. <laughs> oh, yes. You have the, rice, huh? <laughs> and like, the way you look at my face, you won't keep We did it to Mahama. We'll do it to any president. It's normal. But when I go, I say, Father. Father. On say, but to bend them. Help him, give him wisdom. Flow through the ministers, give them wisdom, let them take good decisions. You have to pray for them. Listen, you know, listen, you see, demons are in charge of money on earth. Did you hear what I said? So, there, there is a mammon attached to money. There's, there's a demon attached to money. So, there are some people, when money comes in, there is a certain control that comes over them. If you don't pray for them as leaders, they may be doing things they don't understand. But it's the prayers of the church that will save this nation. I'm telling you. Prayers of this church. 
Never leave your prayer closet without praying for government, without praying for leaders. I'm telling you, I have the president and the vice president's picture. My prayer room. I lay hands on it. I pray for him and all the leaders that God give them a sense of sacred responsibility. A love for this nation that they may use the resources given to them wisely to bless many people. Let them have pity and compassion for the needy. Sometimes you wonder there are people in villages, they, they want water. But you see, their eyes can be blinded. So when you pray for them, God begins to give them what? Direction. So in the Lord's prayer, after he prayed kingdom, then he says, lead us not into temptation. So you have to pray that God, please don't lead me to temptation today. Deliver us from evil. You have to pray for deliverance. Then he came to our needs. He says, give us this day our daily bread. So are you seeing the process? I'm going to teach that as a, as a whole teaching altogether. So we follow that path. Are you being blessed at all? Aren't you clapping for Jesus? I love the word of God. The word is sweet. It's sweet. Tell somebody it's sweet. Dude, it's sweet, man. Sweet, I love it. I love the word. Word's so sweet. You good? You good? You guys are good? Yes, All right. Let's go to what? 30? 40? Wow. We're in 40 now. 40? How do we get to 40? By the, by the grace of God. All right. Let's go to 40. Okay? Number 40. Evangelism. Oh, let me just activate and come back to my Ghanaian state, you know. Evangelism becomes weak and powerless and effective. I love the word of God. Evangelism becomes weak and powerless and ineffective. That means in a prayerless heart, witnessing power is lost. Do you see why we say we are going for soul winning after church? You run away. In Acts chapter 4, the verse 24 and 31, you realize that the apostles prayed and, prayed and the Bible says in the verse 31 that the whole place was shaking and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they became bold in speaking the word of God. So prayer emboldens and strengthens your witness in power. Are you following that? Number 41. You feed and grow the power of the flesh. Any believer who doesn't have a prayer life will feed and grow the power of the flesh. Now, in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. I just remember that as I was talking about, you know we have a police station here. Godwin, honorable Godwin. <laughs> Celebrate him. Please don't go and tell him. I have run back Hallelujah. Now watch that. He says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whosoever, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also what? Reap. Now, we want to read what follows after together. Let's read together. Everybody, we're going to scream it. One, two, go. For 
Now, give that to me in the NLT. Quickly. Now, now look, he says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always what? Harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest what? Decay and death from that sinful nature. Those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. What he's telling us is that our lives... And the way we leave them are seeds. You will surely harvest what you say, what you think, and what you do. So, many people think that prayerlessness is that I just don't pray. No. Prayerlessness is a statement. When you don't pray, you are saying something. Did you hear that? So, prayerlessness is a statement. You are actually saying something. So what happens when we are prayerless is that we grow the power of the flesh. Flesh becomes heightened. Heightened. Praise God. Number 42. The 42nd thing that happens to those who do not pray. Sin will no longer make you feel uncomfortable. Because you are completely out of touch with God. Sin will no longer make you feel uncomfortable. Because you are completely out of touch with God. You know, you can be a believer who believes in Jesus Christ. You have accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You have the Holy Ghost living in you. You can even be speaking in tongues. And still get to a place where you sin and you don't see anything wrong with it. When a believer is in tune with God, genuine in tuneness with God, there is something that happens to you. Anytime you do something that is wrong, the Holy Spirit has a way of pricking you, and you respond. Every sin or almost every sin first begins with prayerlessness. The more you, you, you neglect your prayer closet, what is going to happen is that mundane things, common things, things that defile now become something you find pleasure in. So what happens is that as you do it for a time, now you don't feel uncomfortable the way you were feeling before anymore. And that's one of the dangers of prayerlessness. Anytime a believer is genuinely in tune with God, he's sensitive to God. I've come to a place where God is always scanning my thoughts. My actions, my words. So a word a believer can use and just... Be okay using them. I may use them and the Holy Ghost pricks me. Then I apologize to him. So, even my words alone mean a lot to me. How much more the conduct? So, hear me. Anytime 
you fail in your prayer closet, one of the troubles you receive is that a time comes where you begin to see and not feel it again. And that's dangerous for you. Am I helping someone here? Number 42. Spiritual service. 43. Oh, okay. Then I just, I wrote 42 two times. All right. So 43. Spiritual service or spiritual activities will soon become difficult. Spiritual service or activities will soon become difficult, stressful, mechanical, boring, a bedding, and a waste of time. This is a very serious point I'm just making here. Spiritual service or activities will soon become difficult, stressful, mechanical, boring, a burden and a waste of time. Have you ever found a church worker who says that, oh, and why do you have to do first and second service? Why? The moment you, you find a kind of worker like that, just know that that worker has a fault. I'm telling you. That worker has a fault. He has a problem. Because whether you talk or not, we'll still do the two services. If you are in tune and in touch with God, you are fresh from his presence. God's presence means so much to you that you find joy and pleasure in that anointing. You find pleasure there. So it is when you are running dry that spending time in church becomes a problem. I'm telling you. So if you have a problem spending time in church, you have a problem. I'm telling you, you have a problem. Because you don't have a problem staying at work from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. That one is not a problem. When you are spending time in a, a wedly man's office who can only pay you and can't do any other thing to your life. then that is a real problem. And guys, I'm your pastor. I got to tell you the truth. I can't hide it from you because I'm not an ice cream seller to make you happy. I must tell you the truth. If you find it hard spending time in God's presence, it began in your prayer closet. So you don't find joy with God again. I'm telling you, I get sad when I'm about to stop praying and this is not faking I am being real with you it is possible your heart can be so much in love with God that staying around God doesn't become a problem you can ask most of the ministers here sometimes on Sunday we can leave here seven and they are still around talking meanwhile we finish around five or six or so they are still around around eight o'clock they are still here it's like nobody wants to go am I teaching good here at all the way some people are watching my face now I say but is it, let me just tell you something. Minshubia. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, anytime spiritual activity becomes a burden to you, becomes a burden. Preaching is too long. Eh? Preaching is too long. Avengers is two hours, 50 minutes. The last time I checked, that's Avengers. Is it part three or part four? Which one? They are almost in a movie, you know. 
the one all of them vanish now. No, you, you those of you watching, give me feedback. Eh? The one they all that's the end game. Come for a seat after church. The end game, that one is is two hours. What fifty minutes? And people watched it. They watched it and they said, "Ah, I'm a pony." Until I come up with some pony saying, "But when you come to church, when you come to church, when a prayer meeting, that thing that will make your life better." That thing that will cleanse you. The Bible calls it the washing of water by the word. So I am buffing you. Me bow bow the new pumpers. Prophet said, Um, pay glory. Yeah. Because now, you know, you see, look at the number of times we spend in the world, the number of hours you spend in the world. And calculate it against the number of time you spend in God's presence. And surprisingly, what you get, you see, oh God, I wish, I'm going to have a prayer for you that God should open the eyes of some believers in this place. Then you see what goes on in church service that we can see. There are some of you, eh, as you came to church, there's an arrow in your heart. Spiritually. And you are filled with pain. That someone has caused you. As the word of God is coming and your heart is breaking, an angel comes and removes the arrow. Now, you will never understand how you left the service and you found light. Something went on in the spirit that you couldn't see. There are some of you, as you were there, you woke up far, baby, and I'll go to tea, spiritual toilet. No, I'm, I'm not joking. These are real things. As you came and the word of God was going on, an angel came and wiped it and placed the crown upon your head. And that's favor. There are some of you, God is washing your feet. There are some of you, there is death ahead of you. As you are in church, an angel cleans it and gives you a new route for you to go in life. As you are here, a lot of spiritual things are taking place. And when you, oh, I'm telling you, it's real. It's real. It's real. I'm telling you. Once we say this is God's presence and we meet here, this place is now consecrated. Angels move, ascend to and fro. In this building. And guess what? There is no church service that is from God that there are no angels. You should convince yourself that there is no church service that is of God that angels are not part of it. And if angels are here, I can tell you with all confidence that there's a lot of work going on in our lives that we can see. you will be shocked. I may not prophesy to anybody here, but in the realm of the spirit, something happened. Now, many of you don't know, I woke up 1.30. We left home too. We came here. Uh, uh, what time did we get here? Around what time? Around 3 a.m. We've prayed from 3 a.m. to 6. And guess what? We lay hands on every chair in this place. So, do you think that this chair you are sitting on is normal? It's not an ordinary chair. It's not the chair you sit on in the office. This chair you are sitting on has been prayed on. We said God should open doors for anyone that sits on this chair. God should transform them with the word of God. We are saying God should lose them from bondage. And these were prayers we were traveling, groaning here at this dawn before you entered here. And this is what we do every Sunday. So you can imagine in an atmosphere like this, where 12-hour prayer goes on Friday into Saturday. Your pastor does all night every day. We do all night every day in the house from 12 to 3. Sometimes 12 to 4. Start I pray from 12 to 6 every day in a week. Every day. 
Do you hear that? Every day. And we are praying for church members. We have a list of every membership. I pray for them by name. Do you think you will come for a service? So how can you come for a service and you are angry? Do you know what you are missing? Do you know the spiritual waters that are pouring upon us here? Don't underestimate any service. It is full of power. And I pray God opens your eyes for you to see what goes on in the spirit. If you're finding it hard, if the work of God is becoming a burden, if Christian activity is becoming a problem, if it, if it, it's simply because there is a certain touch that you're losing. Get that touch back. And you realize that you, you have always had that tendency to be joyful in God's presence all this while. The Lord honor you. I continue next week.